This episode of the YVR Screen Scene Podcast is sponsored by the Union of British Columbia Performers. UBCP is an autonomous branch of the Alliance of Canadian Cinema, Television, and Radio Artists. For more about UBCP Actra, visit ubcp.com. That's ubcp.com. This episode was sponsored in part by listeners like you. Join our Patreon community and receive early access to episodes, bonus content, stickers, buttons, and more. Visit www.patreon.com slash Podcast. Welcome to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast, where we pull back the curtain and expose the beating heart to the Vancouver film and television industry, namely the actors and filmmakers and other talented artists who do the work. Capital T, capital W. I'm Sabrina Firminger, and today we're celebrating a milestone, 100 episodes! Woo! That was unscripted, but I like it. Okay, and we are going to do it with an episode unlike any other we've done before. Picture it. No, the journey to 100 episodes began, well, more than 100 episodes ago. It began even before I started YVR Screen Scene and long before the hundreds of articles I wrote for The Courier and The West Ender. The journey to 100 episodes began in the last century. In the 1980s and early 1990s, to be exact, when Star Trek The Next Generation and Star Wars and Doctor Who and The X-Files turned me into a fan. I cosplayed before I knew what cosplaying was. I went to conventions at airport hotels. I collected figurines and trading cards and novels and pins and lightsabers. I had a six-foot-tall cardboard cutout of Commander William T. Riker in my bedroom. Every night, I dream myself out of suburbia and into the stars and all of time and space. It was only later, as I began my grown-up life, that I began to ponder the work behind the work that I loved and took a closer look at the actors and directors and writers and other storytellers who brought my dreams to vivid life. I came to this work because I'm a fan of the work. And over the course of the last decade, as I've embedded myself in the local film and TV community and geeked out over all things hashtag BC film, I've become an even bigger fan of the artists who power the local industry than I have of almost anything else in my life. This community has given me purpose and friends and family and so many series and films to love. The Order, Continuum, Welcome to Surrey, Arctic Air, Down River, Edward, The Body Remembers When the World Broke Open, Akashi, The Romeo Section, The Hollow, Ghost Wars, Inconceivable, Never Steady, Never Still. The list goes on and on and on. This podcast, these last hundred episodes, has been an education and a joy. I aim to be a proxy for every fan out there who wants to understand the whys and hows of the story behind the screen stories because the stories behind the screen stories we love are human stories. Stories about passion and compassion and trauma. Stories about overcoming the odds and rolling with the punches and chasing magic. I've had a lot of magical people join me in the YVR Screen Scene Podcast Lab and during the darkest days of the pandemic over Skype. And I am delighted to welcome some of my favorite practitioners of magic and dearest friends to celebrate 100 with me today. They are Nicole Oliver, Amanda Tapping, Michael Eklund, Sharon Taylor. Today, these magical humans and I will do what we do on the Wyvera Screen Scene Podcast. We'll talk about the work, capital T, capital W. We'll talk about humanity. We'll play a new game developed by my nine-year-old, my nine-year-old called Best and Worst. And we'll do it for you, and also for that little girl in her Montreal bedroom who once upon a time wanted to escape into the stars and explore all of time and space, and who, in the end, got to live her dreams. Amanda Tapping, Nicole Oliver, Michael Eklund, Sharon Taylor, 
Welcome back to the YVR Screen Scene Podcast. Hi! <laughs> Happy to be here. Thanks that was such a us. long intro. I didn't realize it until I'm like, whoa, I'm in the middle of it, and they're just looking at me. It's passionate, okay. like you. Yeah. That was really beautiful. That was beautiful. Well, you are my raison d'etre in many ways. Um, and I love to, you've all, I think, with the exception of Sharon, this is your first time sitting at my actual like vintage kitchen table, which oh, I think really? is like it's like from the fifties. It really it makes the sharing of stories, you know, more more natural, more colorful. Yeah, and so also the fact that we yellow. are drinking mimosas because my yeah. mimosa matches the table. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely does. Let's well, uh, let's start this off with a toast. To you. Yes, a toast to you. To you. A toast to you, Sabrina Ferminger. 100 episodes. And champion of this industry and of this town and of all the artists in it. You have done so much for us. You have no idea. Thank you. We're lucky to have you. It's true. Cheers. 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 Wow. Love you, honey. Cheers. Nasrovia. Okay. All right, let's talk. Let's talk. Let's talk. We got the pleasantries out of the way. Now let's get deep and dirty. Um, I I actually, I want to begin with a question that he used to be just such a like just almost a just like a rhetorical device to start a conversation but now given do the it. state I'm going to do Don't it do Nikki it. I'm going to do, do it. it given the state of the world uh, and everything we've been through it, like and I ask this from my heart how are you oh god I'll do you really want to know I really want to know <laughs> 2020 <laughs> you know, I, 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 th- I, th- I thought I thought I came up with this and then I read it in a meme but then maybe it like proves you know, connected consciousness and something. But I thought 2020, you know, represents, you know, clear eyesight. But I then look around <laughs> and it's like, what the heck has <laughs> happened? But then I found within this uh, weird bubble and interdimension time warp we've found ourselves in that I did find clarity hmm. for me. Me. So uh, this is a clear Mikey Eklund. That's gosh, no, no. I'm drinking a mimosa at 10:30 in the morning. I had the same revelation. I really felt like 2020 was when my heart found perfect vision. Right. Because lockdown, um, all my I'm very fortunate. All my family is in Vancouver, so I got to be connected with my family constantly, all the time, and uh, I just felt like love came first. Oh, that's so lovely. Because I I could say. I felt was connected to my family all the time, and it <laughs> means I'm something. connected <laughs> for one more day. I won't be connected. No, that's awesome. 2020 for me, it, well, it was a big year for me. I turned 50. There, I said it out loud. Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, that happened. And then it was such a good party. And then the lockdown. I wasn't invited. The lockdown happened. The lockdown happened. Oh. Um. And so, uh, you know, first of all, coming here to see you, a friend, a colleague, but a friend, mm. there's hand sanitizer at the door. We all arrived singly. There's face shields, um, you know, all these protocols that are, I have a mask in my purse. There's all these things that are becoming now second nature and almost feel like a way to distance us from one another. Mm. And yet, while I am admittedly exhausted, I echo you, not as eloquently, uh, Sharon, but uh, I feel I've had to stretch and force myself to grow in ways I actually didn't think I was capable of. And so I'm pretty proud. I, a lot of days I feel pretty low and shattered. Just to be honest, I fight anxiety and depression mm. every day. So why the beep I'm an actor? I have no idea, but that's probably why. Nicole <laughs> Oliver, exactly you know why. you can swear on this podcast. <laughs> why the fuck I'm an actor? There we go, clear that up. But um, yeah, you know, just stretching and finding new new areas and new levels of possibility and potential, not just within myself, within my family and in others around me. I find that really inspiring in the darkest of moments. So yeah. I feel there's a light, there's a big light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. I want it to come a little bit faster, but there's a yeah. big light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> I don't know, I found, um, because we ride this juggernaut where we're constantly racing for the next gig or, you know, we're, and the hours are long and the pressure is intense, that to actually stop, like <laughs> slam on the brakes, like I was shooting March 13th, this is your last day, boom, we're done. And to have to <clears throat> step back from that and then reassess. Like, I, And what I found mm. is the connections, like, you know, the three of us doing our Skype wine evenings once a week and a friend in England that I do it with and my family Zoom meetings, which we never used to do, yeah. and friends in, <clears throat> in Toronto, and I'm just like, 
we're making those connections more meaningful and yeah. and more priority like we're putting more priority on them and I feel like I don't want to lose that <laughs> like yeah. I'm afraid to go back to work for fear that those moments those connections that we're we're really taking the time for with meaning like time with intention with our friends you know yeah. mm-hmm. means so much more and and time with intention with my family as opposed to just oh I'm home from work and let's have dinner and blah, 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 you know yeah the rush to there's the intention step. to everything yeah. and, I, and I do feel like I, I feel more connected and I also feel a clearer vision but I think part of it too like I remember when the pandemic first started maybe about two or three weeks in I looked out my window and I went wow the sky is clearer Mm. There's not as as many planes, there's not Mm -hmm. as many cars on Mm -hmm. the road. The sky, the distance, the far distance, I could see further, like it just felt clearer. So it's interesting that internally we feel this clearer sense of connection and vision heart-wise, but I think physically we're also seeing a clearer vision. Yeah. How do you think, oh actually Mikey, you were about to say something. I heard you go, ugh. No, I was just going (laughs) to piggyback on what all four of you said, which is I, I think this whole isolation, quarantine, lockdown process has given us the desired experience that you needed individually. Mm. Your experience is different than your experience. Mine's different than yours. And I don't have a family here. Like it sounds like all of you do. So I was forced to be by myself. And like Amanda said that you were, it was a forced stop. It wasn't because I wasn't booking or I was out of work. It was, everybody is. And it was a forced stop for everybody to just be quiet, be Mm -hmm. quiet. And in that quiet, we all know what happens. Your mind starts going. (laughs) And you start thinking, you start uh, dealing with things you probably haven't been dealing with or thinking about or connecting with old friends or, or, or excommunicating other people or ending friendships, who knows? And it was a forced break for all of us, especially in this industry, which is just go, 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 rat race, rat race. I found so much, I was probably the happiest in that first month when we closed down. Mm-hmm. I was so happy, I woke up at, I haven't woken up at 7.30 in the morning in years. <laughs> I was playing music and dancing and I, having a blast. Michael, I was the same. Yeah. Like, I just felt like liberated. Oh. I didn't know how I long was it was gonna I was so last. happy to hear I fe- that I somebody free. had that experience. I didn't have it. I was freaked out because voiceover didn't shut down. So I do on camera, but I also do a lot of voiceover and I direct as well. And so we had to scramble to figure out how to keep it going. But see, your experience is designed for you. Yeah, no, you know? exactly. I, it's you always know, so different. I, and it's just, just really, but then I had moments of that deep connection as well. And I just, uh, the taffy pull between the two, wanting that deep sink, and then ha- that was tough. Mm-hmm. I yeah. didn't do that very well. I, I was full <laughs> of despair for, yeah. well, for the first couple of months. I think because for me, I didn't realize how much this work sitting here in this room sharing space connecting with people that's my self-care yes you know and then i like and i'm i mean i recorded 25 episodes over skype and i'm glad i did but i had to grieve i definitely spent especially the first month and a half (laughs) grieving you know the loss of of that and trying to find those kind of human connections through the screen. Did did anyone else feel at the beginning a little Orwellian? Yes. I had these moments where I was like, what the F? Like the entire Amanda, world. we can swear. I know, but I, golly. Amanda doesn't swear. Especially because we work in science fiction a lot of times. And I was, so like, I was like, this is all a story. I've been totally. in this story before. I've read this book. I've yeah. seen this movie. This, it felt Orwellian. I felt like we were being massively manipulated. My, my husband was like, I'm going to wait. This is a dream, right? I'm dreaming, right? This is a dream. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It happened so fast. Yeah. yeah. It happened so fast. I, w- I was shooting a pilot. And I was three days in. We never finished it. Uh, we probably never will. And it just was Wednesday. It was normal. And Thursday, it was like we all woke up in a, a different dimension or, yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like um, it was so fast. There was no lead up, even though it was around and it was leading up. But it slammed so fast. Because we weren't told what was going on mm-hmm. or we weren't following it. Or maybe it was ourselves too busy to even pay attention. But. Uh, for me at least, and the people I've talked to, it just happens so fast, and but so and that globally, was freaky. Like, yeah. When is the world ever fully connected on that level and everyone's yeah. done the same yeah. thing? Everybody's Never. Around the world, yeah. in Never. every country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what was so weird. 2020 is a car without airbags. Yeah. 
Well, it's brought people together. Oh, you, go. you got the symbol of the year. T-shirt. T-shirt. Okay, write that next down. T-shirt. It's our next limited edition charity shirt. No, I'm just, I'm wondering though, you know, because now we have all gone through this experience and now uh, those of us in BC are fortunate enough that we can start sharing space again. Our industry is starting up again. How do you think the time that we spent in self-isolation or the experience of living in a pandemic is going to affect the work that you do and the craft. Like, are you going into it with a different headspace? Yes. We want to yeah. jump. Yes. <laughs> I know I am. The way, the way I work, I don't think we've never worked together. We've never worked together. I think we have. What have we worked on? What have, we, have you directed me? I apologize. I don't think you you auditioned me I've once, auditioned and then you didn't get me the job, you. but you didn't. I didn't. It's but not you didn't. That's my fault. I know. <laughs> That's the way it works. That's the way it works. Yeah. Did we not start yet? Did we never? I acted on it with yeah. you guys. Yeah, so there we are. Well, there yeah. But I wasn't in a scene with you. Oh, well. But anyway, whatever. That's not the point. The point of the story. You from afar. <laughs> Michael. The way I, you know, it'll affect the way I work because I'm like I'm loosey goosey organic guy. So yeah. everything that they're bringing to set now all the regulations completely messes with my way of like creating a a real environment that I'm in and and I don't have you know proper acting training so uh, it's all imagination so everything is just more on top of blowing that imagination up masks or standing six feet away from your scene partner all of that pulls me away from the reality of the scene I'm in I haven't acted yet uh, since uh, shutdown, so it'll be interesting to see what it's like. Yeah. But I think you have to embrace it, or mm-hmm. you'll be one of the ones that will be phased out. I'm very curious to see how the future of stories evolve because yes. do um, does does is COVID addressed in these storybook worlds that we play in? I I feel like it should be. It's, mm-hmm. it's part of our it's like the, the human existence at this point. So then it would make sense that characters would be wearing masks. Or just in do all more zombie scripts. post-apocalyptic stuff. There's that too. Just yeah. fine. <laughs> well, also, yeah. also there's, um, there's other TV shows um, that are starting up that I've heard that they're not doing series regulars. They're doing ensemble casting of series recurring. So if someone gets sick, the lines get given away to someone else. So oh, the, that's good. There's I'll take n- the, the producers <laughs> and the you're never you're never stuck on your leads, um, like portraying the entire story. So there's an ensemble. There's no force you know, yeah, option. exactly. You can pass on lines to mm-hmm. other actors. Mm-hmm. As a, as a, mm-hmm. as someone who loves character driven drama, though, that concerns me as well. You, you know, know like do, not everybody can say every line. No, so animation, right, kept going. Voiceover is very singly anyway, but animation has always been a collective. Um, effort and half the fun is coming into the studio with eight other actors and just doing your thing together. So we're all one at a time. I'm When I'm directing, I'm directing over Zoom. As an actor, I walk in on my own and I look at an engineer and one of the biggest impacts from COVID for me from both sides, because I'm on both sides, when I direct, I get at least see, you know, my Brady Bunch, I've dated myself, my Brady Bunch square on the screen and I feel that immediate connection and I have a camera into the studios and I can see the actors, but then I ask, oh, well, they can see me, can't they? No, and I'm like, why, why not? Well, all the producers don't want to be performative all the time. I said, fine, but you got to find a way for them to see me, and if they don't want to see my face, then that can be their choice. But I think that connection is so vital to, for, you need to see that reactive, like when you finish a good take on, on film, you finish it, sometimes the crew applauds if you're like totally blown away, or your fellow performer looks at you and goes, yeah, you know, and that it's that kind of imp- and that feedback, that loop is different. And so for when I'm directing now, I've tried to to make sure that that I can bring that experience to the performers because I've gone in and been fortunate enough to be working through this. But I go in to do a cartoon show. It's just my lines. Mm-hmm. So I actually have to figure out everyone else's performance as well. Talk about I love bopping off what other people do. That's gone. And I got to trust that a director is going to be able to get me in the right place. Yeah. I can't see anyone, and all I hear is, okay, great, thanks, bye. And sure, it's a great paycheck, but half the fun is going to set, going to the studio with your coffee cup or whatever your ritual is, and getting in the makeup, getting in the costumes, getting in the voice, figuring out where you need to be, and then having that feedback, and that's 
different. The process of it is you know, different. And yeah. that, the intimacy of that And process. that will affect storytelling. That will affect what we see. I'm not saying negatively, or I don't know. But that's just it. We don't know where it's going, which is exciting and terrifying. Well, it's all very new. This yeah. is all very new. Nobody knows what they're doing. And yet, we're at a time, especially going through the pandemic, where we have... I mean, I've always known it. I've known it since I was a little girl, but I think everybody else is seeing how important stories are, how important content is. I watched season two of The Hollow during the pandemic. You know, I watched The Order. I watched Motherland Fort Salem. I watched a lot of content during the pandemic. And it's been very exciting to see other people making time for stories too. And that's what they're holding on to. You know, um, it is a good question, though, like uh, adapting COVID or Corona, whatever you want to call it these days into storytelling, because if it is a part of our world now and we wear masks on the street, you should represent that in in the movie or TV show. Mm -hmm. But then half the population doesn't believe in it either. You know, there's this conspiracy culture that's going on right now. Right. That people Ugh. are like, it's fake, it's a hoax. Mm -hmm. So I some people are in denial. There's I don't a denial. see it all the time. Like, part of what yes. entertainment is <clears throat> for so many people is that escape. Yes. Yeah. Is escape to a fantasy world or even, you know, even if you're watching Mad Men or whatever. Like, it's it's an escape to something that's not your reality. Escape to the other, right? So I don't necessarily want to turn on my TV and see everyone. So we need to tell stories pre COVID. Pre COVID. Well, yeah. I, or post apocalyptic yeah. COVID. Yeah. Who knows? Right. I, I recently There's spoke to so um, Dennis Heaton yeah. and Shelley Erickson about this, you know, right. and I'm like, okay, season three of The Order, like, how do you think the experience of living through COVID is going to affect what you what you write? And they, like Dennis is like, we're not going to be putting it in our world, but, you know, we're going to be very aware of the fact that everybody in the larger society has been living through a very long, drawn-out terror. Certainly focus more on short-term terror, you know, so, in, so instead of, like, you know, focusing on, like, a long trauma, it's going to be more short you know because that's just that it's that's not what you're already going through such a we need recovery um can i switch gears a little bit please thank you um, sound effect uh, yeah. yeah i don't have to do anything in post today we're just gonna <laughs> just gonna do it in camera but not in camera in microphone um we are we're a bc film podcast we all exist in this Vancouver film and TV ecosystem, but I know each of you has worked away, worked in in other in other jurisdictions, started in other jurisdictions, yeah, or started or were born in other jurisdictions, or rode a bus when you're six year old somewhere else and saw a poster for Lassie and then decided to be an actor. Whatever. Hey, that's Just my like, story. <laughs> <laughs> Just pull, pulling it out of nowhere. But I mean, you're you're all here. Why do you? Why do you stay in Vancouver? You know, like what is it about the Vancouver film and television industry that that keeps you tethered here? My children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, besides that. No, no besides that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I'm the same way. I stay because my daughter, it's a great place to raise children. But mm -hmm. there's a connectedness to this community that I don't necessarily see in other jurisdictions. Mm. There is a willingness without guile to help each other because I feel like in some places it's well if I help them they get up and up. there's this competition whereas here it feels I don't know it's a weirdly organic sense of community where if you see someone in trouble everyone turns their focus and goes to help uh, for the most part mm. and I, I think that that's something that is really quite lovely and I think and you're probably going to bring up Western alienation eventually. Um, we do have this sense of we're like we're living in this weird little bubble that often the rest of the country doesn't want to look at, and so we make it quite spectacular because this yeah. is where we are. Well, we met in Toronto. We did in nineteen did you really nineteen ninety two. Yeah, in Jenna's a in um, Jen, Jenna 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 Irwin. Yeah, her apartment. Her apartment on yeah. Broadview. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, and we started as actors back <laughs> then, the and we're auditioning against each other, and 
And it really felt against each other. It felt like we were in competition yeah, at that time. with each other. And Until then, we came here, here and, and it was, and it was like, like, oh, sweet oh. Jesus, that's who you are. Great. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's be friends. Okay. <laughs> it's the ocean. It's the ocean. Right? It's the ocean yeah. mountains. It yeah. chills you out. Fresh air. Yeah. Brings friends. Do you guys feel the same everybody. way, though? Like in I completely do. I feel like Vancouver, we have a, like an intense, beautiful community that you don't experience in L.A. A lot of my L.A. actor friends, I talk about local actors all the time, and they're like, you're friends with a lot of actors. And I'm thinking, why wouldn't I be? These are my people, and they don't have that in LA. And then in Toronto, I understand they do have um, a sense of there community is a sense there. Of community there is, there, there for is, sure. for sure. But um, I do also feel like they're very separate from Vancouver. Very separate. Oh, there's a there's a border between Toronto there's a and Rocky Vancouver. Mountain oh, range. I have to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It's not a negative okay, one. Okay, let's talk about Western alienation. I've had some experiences that I've you spoken about have. on Twitter. Um, I don't really need to get into them very much, but they were both really examples of Western alienation and the fact that, in my view, we don't exist for people in Toronto, for the pe for the media stakeholders in Toronto. I mean, the fact that CBC, our national broadcaster, does not have a dramatic series right now that is set in Vancouver, one of the top production centers in the world, it's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I know why I'm whispering. Um, do you experience this? Do you see a gulf between Vancouver and the rest of Canada? Oh, Amanda, Amanda's on the way. Amanda, she's, she's actually <laughs> levitating, <laughs> levitating off her because chair. She's taking off her jacket. When I started in Toronto, I thought that the Western alienation ideology was hooey. Yeah. I was like, come on, people. Hooey! And why are you starting this separate actors union? This is bullshit. Yeah. And there I swore. Happy? Yeah. Um, so, Not really. And then I moved here and started working here. Yeah and kind of got embedded in the community pretty quickly. And then I got nominated for a, what was then the Gemini Awards, and now the CSAs. And I had to go back to Toronto. And I was nominated for Best Actor or Actress in a Dramatic Series. And I went back and I, nobody would talk to me on the red carpet. Hmm. I was like persona non grata. I went inside, nobody would interview me. Like I literally walked the red carpet and people went, put their cameras down. What? And I was like, what? Uh, you know, and just young and naive enough to go, oh, okay, I don't know, like I'd, I didn't have a publicist and, and I got inside and a friend of mine went up to this camera guy and said, you should be interviewing Amanda Tapping, she's nominated for Best Actress and he said, oh no, I'm with Global TV, I'm not allowed to interview anyone who's not on our network. <laughs> and I said, well dude, my show's in reruns on your network five <laughs> nights a week, like I, I am on your network and he's, yeah, no, you're not on my list. And nobody would talk to me. So then I go into the auditorium. I'll make this really quick. And all the actors, oh, all you the take your time, Amanda, are tapping. in the center of the auditorium. And my husband and I are seated at the side. Like there's no direct line to the stage. And we're and we're back in this corner. And I went. I'm just pretty sure I'm not going to win. <laughs> like, becoming kind of obvious and I thought holy shit it was just the worst experience and I left feeling so dejected and so and I was like this is my hometown and now and then we had the Gemini's here a number of years ago and I was the pre-television host I wasn't hosting on TV but I was like the pre-show host so we gave out like an hour's worth of awards I went to walk the red carpet and they wouldn't talk to me still still and I was like well I'm hosting tonight and they're like and I said, so I've got to get backstage. Can you just, can I, and they're like, no, here comes the cast of Corner Cast. And I went, okay, well, at least, <laughs> good. I like these people, <laughs> go ahead. But they would not talk to me. And I got shoved down the red carpet by a very bossy publicist. And, and, st and they were like, okay, well, I guess you can do pictures. Pictures. <laughs> I guess. And by the time I got backstage, I felt like I don't even want to be here. Like, felt fuck like you, Gemini's, yeah. you're assholes. There. That's three. That's three. Inside of three minutes. But I was so humiliated. It was humiliating. And how is it now? Well, well now I'm I'll throw in. I've been in, I've been doing in, this like, for like I've been acting for what twenty years. I've never been invited to the CSAs. I've never been nominated for a CSA. I don't even know what the CSAs are. But um, yes, I know. <laughs> but I was having a conversation. <laughs> I was doing a home convention, and one of the actors on the panel was from Toronto, and this. Uh, Western alienation came up and I said do you know anything about Vancouver what we're doing here and he's like no nope. Mike do you know anything we're shooting here he's like no do you know any actors that are Canadian that are from here he's no I'm like see that's the thing you don't no one's paying attention yeah you don't care and to at know. first it bothered me and then I realized at least for myself in my career is 
I make money here, mm-hmm. right? Because a lot of the American productions come here. So I've, what, and the re, back to your first other question was why I'm still in Vancouver is because I've had an American career in Canada. Yeah. Mm. You know, I haven't so. had to leave my home, which I love, and, 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 and spend time. I, I've spent lots of time in Los Angeles. You have to do it to a degree, but I've never yeah. really officially left here and maintained a strong ca- Canadian and American career in Vancouver. You can't do that in Toronto, yeah. I don't think. I agree. That's a really positive outlook on on, on the situation because a lot it's of all my... about positivity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I used to have an L.A. acting teacher come up to Vancouver and he would talk about all the time how the Toronto and especially the Montreal um, acting communities have created their own industry, mm-hmm. um, especially in Quebec. And he's like, I don't understand why you guys don't do that in Vancouver. Why don't you create your own industry? We are very reliant on the, um, the American industry. industry. Absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. at the same time... It's been a, we our careers have benefited because of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that, it's also given a lot more opportunity for indie films and indie productions because people have had this experience. So now they can. Well, and <laughs> parlay that because of like I think right now we are we are well positioned to assert ourselves and stand up and really say who we are because we're one of the safest places right now to shoot anything you know like was safer than ontario safer than anywhere in the states you know so i think like this could be our moment i guess the question though that i'm that i'm wrestling with what is it is does it <laughs> matter like you know i was i was does what matter does the fact that especially in canada Toronto is the center of things. You know, I was the only BC, I was the only BC journalist to apply for media accreditation for the Canadian Screen Awards. Was turned down. Um, I've had other things like that happen, where I'm like, what the f- like what? What's my podcast? What the fuck? Like, well, <laughs> and like, does it yeah. matter? Does it matter, or do I pour my energy into nurturing this community, or do I try to work to build a bridge? between Vancouver and Toronto because I really feel that like it's possibly they don't know how we feel. Sure they do. I started there. <laughs> they know. Come on now. But also, you know, Come like what now. Michael said, I left Toronto to go to LA to get that next level of a career even yeah. though I had like I had three recurrings on three different series, one for uh, CBC, one for Fox, and um, and then one for another network. I can't remember right now, but that's kind of bragging, so we'll leave it at that and went down. But Ooh, I was still nice. told I had to go down to L.A. if I wanted to get to the next point. So dutifully packed up my bags and went. Always knew about Vancouver, and it was really pretty, but there's kind of a, a, a self-centered ignorance that is blissful, I think, in either area. And the the challenge, and I think, which is the beauty of that stretching I talked about earlier, is actually opening your eyes and maybe, oh, what's going on over there? I came back from LA because my dad died. And so that made me, when I was 26, I really had a big talk about another stop in my life where I had to reevaluate things. I love Toronto. I love my mother. I couldn't stay there. I had to get out. So I came here. And within 48 hours of being here, my I was with characters and been with characters my whole life. Murray Gibson represented me out here. He took me to Hornby Island with another actor, Rod Wilson from Toronto. We were out here kind of sniffing around, seeing what was going on separately. And we were both with Murray and I found my first eagle feather and walked on the beach and on the rocks and saw the ocean come in. And there was just this calmness that's, that's settled and that I felt I could have a life here and also have my, my cake and eat it too, really. Mm-hmm. A life and a career. <coughs> you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. And so the alienation, I think it's, it's there's an, I would call it an ignorance. And I think it's one that I think your idea of taking someone by the hand and walking down the hall with them and speaking with them and engaging them, that I always believe communication and dialogue, while tough, is the way to the enlightenment, you know? Yeah. And you're in and it's okay to be pissed off, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be frustrated. But that journey is part of the healing. And yeah. you know, it's Well, a I want to have the country. conversation. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like it's I, I got to a point too when I was here and working cuz I <clears throat> I moved out here for Stargate and I got to a point where I was like you know, all these Toronto actors are like, should we move out? And I'm like, nah, it really rains yeah, a lot out here. <laughs> I'm out here. <laughs> so I was just like, you it was such the a air. nice, perfect little community. Yeah. I was like, nah, don't bring your shit Keep here. It's a not. Secret. <laughs> don't tell anyone. 
Don't tell anyone how See, great it is. Over my time, I've had American producers always tell me across the board, don't leave Vancouver. We will mm. always come here. Yeah. We will always shoot here. Because and they will always find you because you're amazing. You <laughs> know, lose my phone especially number. now because it's harder to hire American actors. Exactly. <laughs> but they were like, it's so close to LA. We're going to come here. Yeah. Your weather is better. The dollar, everything. They're like, we're coming to Vancouver over the east side. Not every time, but most of the time. Yeah. Right. But back to what you had just talked about. I actually think you should keep fighting to have a voice back. Thank east. you, Sharon. Of course. Yeah. She never ever stopped. No, I was saying not fighting, but it just you know framing it in a way that's not going to give you an ulcer and keep you up at night. Yeah. That's well, all. But I think, like, in the past, not I would just it dismiss is, it. But now I'm like, is this actually could be an opportunity. Yeah. Where I could be like, you know what? You have no idea what's going on out here right now. Yeah. You know, so let me introduce you to the Vancouver screen scene. Holler. I have 100 episodes for you to listen to, for starters, Toronto media people. Um, listen, we clearly all love the Vancouver screen scene. Clearly. Mm -hmm. Clearly. Michael's wearing a birthday hat right now to celebrate the screen scene. Um, but when you love something, you can you can also see its warts. What are what do you think are some areas where our local film and TV industry can improve? I feel like that's a whole Ours, podcast. <laughs> like our independent Canadian voice? Mm -hmm. I mean Vancouver. I mean hashtag BC film. Mm. Which according to my t shirt, I am ride or die for. But, that's you know. tricky. That's a that's a, such a layered, yeah, open. It it's like you go in so many different ways. Personally, for me, um, I like it here. I, I like I like what we have going on. I, I like the 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 format, the plan we have, how we can improve. There's always improvements you can make. I, I think we should just embrace our confidence more. Mm, yes, like we're yeah. confident, but. As individuals, like Sharon is, Anna, Nicole, you, we're all, but as a unit, you know, um, embrace that confidence in our own. In our own story? Stories, yeah, our abilities. own abilities, our, our, our everything, just everything. Because we have. Our ha watchability. We, we, we know, have it. This whole thing, TVQ, TVQ. <laughs> there's so, so many actors up here that have it because they've been on a million shows. But that's a good point. You know how there's this connotation that uh, Canadians apologize all the time? Yeah. And we will. We always will. We it's, will. It's, in, it's in our blood, and that's what We're makes us good people. people. We're polite people. But we sh in the difference between Canadians, and jump in if you disagree, but in my life, Canadian actors as opposed to American actors, they never apologize. So, if, like, I did a film years ago with a, a big actor guy, and, and uh, it was two days of work, and I was like, yeah, I did this movie in the States. They would never, they would milk it. They would sell it. They would be on everything talking about it. I'm like, well, it was, it was one scene with Pacino. And, and, and they were like, you got to sell that. And I'm like, well, I wasn't the lead, you know. That's the difference, mm. you know. I'm not saying, like, whore yourself out to the, the, the publicity scene. But you have to, we're not confident in going, no, this is, this was, uh, I should be proud of this. Yeah, I mean, it, it speaks to the lack of a star system that we have in Canada, and especially in Vancouver, which I am. Well, if there's a star system, then they have to pay people above scale. There, I said it out loud. There you she go. She said it. She's uh, right. You know, and so the politics of it always has been driving everything, but we're quiet. So that means our reaction and our reticence and our, our revolution is quiet. And so quiet. I think we need to maybe just turn the volume up a little bit just and collectively we just can a little. do that. Just, just a, a little. little. Yeah. Just a little. Yeah. You know? I agree. Yeah, I think that would be great. Just a little bit. I think that's a great idea. For myself, I struggle with um, authenticity and sometimes that doesn't always feel authentic, especially if I'm not one of the in, lead characters. In your characters. real life? Like you being no, you? No, in my career, right? right? Like if I, do, if I do have a scene opposite a famous actor, I'm like, I just had one scene opposite right. a famous actor. Exactly. So like, why point. am I gonna toot my because horn over that? you got the part and a whole bunch of other actors okay, did it you. and you're awesome. That's <laughs> and, why. But it's the, the, it's is, the mentality of believing that. Yes, that. and you're yeah. both just actors. So they got a big break and got a great publicist and became famous, whatever the fuck that means. Like, really, I think it's such a nebulous, shitty thing mm -hmm. to try to aspire to. But you're both actors. You're both talented. You have so much to bring to the table. That's and what I'm, I'm And I'm saying this as somebody who also has done that mm -hmm. and gone, Whoa. 
bow at the shrine of famous people, but... But I think we know that inside we're both just actors, but outside in the the media scene, who's going to care that I just did one scene? Well, you know, shiny shiny is valued more than talent. And people also buy into their own publicity, right? So you have somebody walk on set who's famous, quote-unquote, big air quotes. That's true, and it's probably like any industry. Like if the real estate agent that has all their photos on the bus stop and they look freaking awesome, like maybe everyone's like, oh, that real estate agent is the one I want to go with because they're out there all the time. So it's a psychology, I guess, that I have to play into. There's a psychology. Yeah. Definitely. Half this business is a lot of mental psychology Mm. BS, but it's it's truthful BS. Okay, you ready to play a game? I love games. This is... Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's Mark's like... games are hard. They're, hard. They're so hard. And this one is even, it's harder because it's called Best and Worst. Oh, <laughs> oh dear. People okay. are going to be offended. No, they're not. In you the can worst choose. section <laughs> of this game. <laughs> okay, so basically I'm going to, I'm going to ask, ask uh, you to tell me the best of something and the worst of something. Of course you are. <laughs> I figured That's the game. Okay. This is where I lose friends. I'm going to lose friends. Okay, I'm no, ready. not. Okay. Best costume you've ever worn in this Ooh. industry. Best costume I ever wore was on Stargate. It was in the first couple of episodes. My boobs looked so great. They did look fabulous. They were just their own. They had their own number on the call sheet. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, no, like it, it was made from scratch and there was like a bodice and all these yeah. purples and blues. Little diaphanous and, moments and to it. And all these yeah. little, oh, it was just... It she was hot. Yeah, it was pretty hot. Awesome. Spelled H A W T. Yeah. Okay. What yeah. about you, Manda Tapping? Best costume. Uh, you know, it's as hokey as it sounds. My costume on Stargate was freaking awesome. Those I were mean, cool. I was comfortable and I felt empowered. And yeah. I wore army boots and carried a gun, and I felt like I could kick anyone's ass. And it made me, yeah, I felt really strong in it. Yeah. What about you, Eklund? A purple negligee. <laughs> yeah. In what project? A movie called The Divide. The Divide. Yeah, it's like a very much like COVID, post-apocalyptic world, and and in that world, you're like, I'm gonna wear purple negligee because. Well, there's a story to watch. <laughs> I, I didn't start. It was in his writer, he was like, I didn't start wearing it. Wear at the beginning of the film, I'm not. By the, the end of the film, I am. You had to wear on screen, not in your trailer. <laughs> wow, I love okay, that cool. purple necklace. I'm watching the movie. I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna look. That was yeah. the most comfortable. Like, it was so freeing. Yeah, <laughs> I, get, I get it now. I get the whole thing, and I liked it. I'll admit it. I liked it. Nice. I'm happy it was for fun. you. <laughs> and I, you know, in this film, I wore lipstick and I, you know, all the whole makeup thing and the purple thing, and I loved it. I don't care. I'm gonna say, good. Okay, That's awesome. Adding that to my watch list for tonight. I don't so you, Sharon Taylor. Um, my experience is very much like Nicole's, where on Once Upon a Time I played the Witch of the East, and mm. I had this gorgeous um, costume with crystals all sewn in, and I was wearing like fluvog shoes, and I had chicken cutlets under my breasts, so my boobs were up to my neck. And Wait, well, my costume. Is that true? My costume. Not a real, no, it's chicken. not a real chicken cutlet. It's no, no, like, it's, it's, that's what it's called. Yeah, it's, yeah. Oh, it's that's also Brina cared about. What? <laughs> They're like these. Okay, poultry. Poultry. <laughs> just to clarify, a chicken cutlet is a costume device that is made of like a silicone rubbery yeah. thing that they put inside your bra. Oh, I got those. Okay. And it pushes your breasts up super high. So that was my costume, <laughs> and actually my costume. Like, did you have? those on your movie? The costume designer told the me mimosas that my have dress was like a couple thousand dollars and yeah. I was like oh, my Jesus. dress costs more than what I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah. no, men don't have chicken cutlets. Oh. We have nothing. I was very worried about salmonella for a minute. Like, you just wanted to go back to that. I really like, did. The whole okay. question got thrown out the window. Boobs. Worst costume. Oh, oh man. <sighs> Right. Any costume that I have to bring from my own closet for an independent film, while I love it, it's just there's something about trying to dress myself for the camera that makes my bum sweat. <laughs> Into your own clothes. You're wearing your own clothes. Oh, my God, you're wearing your own clothes. 
<laughs> no, it's just that anxiety. Like I, I have so much respect for costume designers and all that, right? If I wanted to do that, I would have gone and studied and done all that. I wanted to perform. <laughs> so don't Nicole ask Oliver me. saying bum sweat is my favorite thing that's happened on this podcast today. In 100 episodes yeah. of yeah. this podcast. Yeah, so that, that, that that's would be the ultimate costume. stress. I mean, they, it looked great in the end, but it was just a stressful thing. I don't want, I'm not a costume. Oh Did you get God, your wardrobe fee? Fat. I actually wrote it off in my tax return. There you so go. There you yeah, go. there you go. Oh my gosh, Amanda, I'm really having. I'm struggling. Unlike you, and you, Sharon and Nicole, I struggle with um, the boobage, and so whenever I have to. <laughs> Uh, and I just pressed them Wait, up to we the didn't, microphone. We didn't, we didn't say we don't struggle. No. Right. You, you, you embraced that as something really powerful and beautiful that made you feel super strong yeah. and sexy, right? Yeah. Whereas when I've had to do that, I felt very vulnerable and exposed. Yeah. So whenever I've had to do something too boobalicious, I feel like a fraud. Yeah. It's really an interesting. And yet now that I'm older, I really wish I'd enjoyed it back then because they were pretty sweet. <laughs> and, um, but instead I shied away, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like I felt awkward and uncomfortable. At this point in my life, I don't need chicken cutlets. <laughs> I'm in a room with four powerful women. <laughs> Wearing a birthday hat having the birthday best hat. day ever. Talking about worst. their breasts. <laughs> if your best was purple lingerie, what's your worst? And I would love to know what the worst was. Yeah. The worst? I have I have two. One's a short story. One's a long story. So I'll go with the short story. Uh, a sailor hat, and just a sailor hat. Oh. <laughs> and again, the, the, the entire entire watch movie is that. We're gonna add that to our list. Yeah. Was it in the same movie? No, Maybe. different movie. <laughs> Smoking Aces Two. Oh my God! Oh. Nobody's seen it. Nobody wants to see it. No, it's on the watch list. Never no, watch I hope not. <laughs> but it was like you walk into the trailer and there was a sailor hat and your little Moleskin. your little uh, nude colored g-string yeah. and it was that was it. Hello, sailor. That's what I, <laughs> it's like I'll wear a negligee, but give me something more than yeah. a sailor hat. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, brave. You're you know, well, I wanted to jump in. It's like for guys too. It can be uh, awkward. It can be. It's not comfortable. Of course. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so that's mine. Yeah. Thank you for sharing Thank that. You're Michael. welcome. Okay, Sharon. Well, I just, just to a piggyback hat? on that. <laughs> that was one of the same thing. Like when you walk into the trailer and like this is your, and it's actually hanging on the hanger. It's like some pasties and a little sticker for your private area. Well, and I'm skin. like, yeah. And I'm like, that's my costume. That's I it. even took pictures of it on the hanger. And I was like, this is what I'm wearing today to my friends. But uh, now as far as like worst costume goes, it was a pair of like saggy, purple leggings which looked like I pooped my pants and they kind of like Aww. hung down a little low in the crotch but they'd hide bum sweat <laughs> <laughs> they would okay so there are a lot of these best worst questions so I'm actually gonna put we could do rapid fire okay well I'm gonna oh yeah I like rapid fire we can sure. do that okay so we'll, we'll do that because I was actually gonna okay. give you the choice of what we're gonna do next but no we're gonna dance with them all rapid fire okay, okay. No story. thanks Just Mikey rapid fire. okay best location uh, Vancouver. That's not location. <laughs> All of it. All of it. <laughs> All of it. But no, best location, uh, San Diego. You shot in San Diego? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. What'd you shoot in San Diego? Doing No, no story. Stuff. Oh, sorry. Rapid, I just rapid, always rapid wanted to, that's how I got to 100 episodes. All right, Amanda. Budapest. Oh. Mike Lachlan. Dresden, Germany. Mm. Oh. Squamish. Yes. Yeah. That was my second choice. Worst location. Be as specific as possible. Uh, the Gardner Expressway in Toronto. Ugh. Uh, an alley in East Vancouver. Yeah. That was just sad. Yeah. An alley in East Vancouver. Yeah. That That's was mine just too. Sad. Squamish with Amanda <laughs> tapping, and it was minus twelve. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Continuum. Yeah. Oh. It was pretty intense. Oh, oh wow. It was windy too. All right. Um, best onset food. Oh, onset as in catering, or yeah. onset as in catering, catering. Oh, oh uh, lobster in Nova Scotia. Shut up! Wow. Tell us about that. <laughs> um, I think it was actually Arctic Air, and it was there, like there was some special. Maybe it wasn't Arctic Air. 
what did you eat? I <laughs> there was lobster and steak and and oh oh, Supernatural always had really great special meals like the hundredth episode, two hundredth. They always had amazing food. Oh, I should have got food for today. Hundredth episode. I mean, we have mimosas, lobster and steak. Just lobster. Just, you're doing this again for yeah. the two hundredth. Two hundred. We'll have lobster. So, Mikey, where did you eat lobster? <laughs> chicken. It was chicken. Next. Was it particularly good chicken. I just eat chicken on set. That's oh. it. So it's my. I'll just skip to it. Best and worst chicken. Oh, so what, like that time you got salmonella? That Chicken time. cutlets? Okay, great. Moving on. Sharon Taylor. <laughs> oh, man. I, I like a good scalloped mashed potato, like potatoes <gasps> with the cheese that they make on some of the sets. I love that. Worst on set food. The coffee you think is a good idea at 3 a.m. <gasps> oh, my God. I have to steal that, too, because that's absolutely true. It's like it's like drinking battery acid. That's, that's and a within crime. like three and a half minutes, it's like, ooh, bad idea. Chicken. Chicken? Okay. I'm sorry that chicken hurt you. Salmon lasagna. Oh! True story. Okay. bad. I could taste that coming yeah, back. Yeah, that's, that's a just, crime. And it was like gross salmon from the day before that nobody ate on set, so they decided just to disguise it and put it in the You gotta call the union. Oh! Did you? Did you? There's a whole other story. I'm calling them now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, we're done best and worst. We could have gone on and on. That was fun. Let's give you one. You never get one. Actually, one of my questions is... Best, best interview. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want me to answer answer seriously? Yeah, Yeah, because if Um, you don't, we'll know. I think one of the most powerful interviews I've ever done was with Nichelle Nichols, mm-hmm. who played uh, Lieutenant Uhura on uh, Star Trek, the original series. Nice. And um, we spoke about, uh, my God, she told me about, you know, conversation. And it's been well publicized that she had with Dr. Martin Luther King about um, when uh, she, because she had this whole theater career where she was playing incredible roles. And, uh, and then she goes, you know, on to Star Trek and she's like, I'm just answering the space phone. You know, that was after the end of her season. So she wanted to quit. And then, but Dr. Martin Luther King said, no, it's important that you stay because this is, you are, you are part of this cast that is shooting into everybody's homes and you are showing an idea of a future that doesn't quite exist right now. The images that we see on television are important. And so she stayed and like, she's just, That's she was answer. so cool. She, she talked about going and meeting President Obama in the White House and how he was all giddy because he had, um, he had a, he had a Uhura poster on his wall. He had a crush. Up and he had a crush. He had a yeah, crush. that was. That's and cool. and also that like cool. that, she actually got to go into space. Like she won these space rides that took her right to the edge of space. And a lot of people actually have entered the space program because of her. Yeah. So yeah. that was pretty. And I also interviewed um, Commander Chris Hadfield as well. Oh, that was, oh wow. Yeah. That was pretty. That was pretty rad. So. Oh, a real astronaut. He's yeah, an actual yeah. astronaut. Oh. He's the one who played like the David Bowie song in space, and oh, cool. just like literally the coolest. Canadian. Yeah. yeah. Oh, S- Sarnia. Cool. I'm into real space stuff. Yeah. It's from Sarnia. Yeah. 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 Worst interview. You don't have to mention names unless you want to. Um, the worst. I I'll, I won't mention her yeah. name, but it was a woman. It's a woman. It was a very famous female director, I believe, famous. based in Toronto, and. Had a film screening at the Whistler Film Festival. Somebody I admired for many years, and made me feel like an inch tall. Oh. You know, even though, and I had like before the interview, I had, I was like, wow, like as a as a as a South Asian woman, you know, like this is like I was so honored to meet this person, and I did a lot of research, and our films are, are full of, I'm like pretty much saying who it is, but I'm not saying who it is. I don't know. Our films are full of social justice stuff. And uh, yeah, she was she was awful, and I almost oh, burst honey. into tears. I'm it was sorry. a seven Especially minute interview. Especially when it's someone you've admired for Admired, so and we were talking about like sexual violence, and no, she, it was, it was an awful, awful interview. So hey, I'm willing to play best and worst. Hey. Thank you. Thanks for playing, everyone. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'd like to, I'd like to end with some joy. Yay! Yay! Um, I want to, I want to hear, you know, and this is really specific to this industry, and and maybe, 
you know, after going through the time of COVID, this this answer might have been different than you'd answered it before. But like, when are you when are you happiest in this industry, working in this industry? Mm. What gives you joy? Working with familiar faces, working with friends. Mm. Yeah, that gives me joy. That gives me big joy. Yeah, it's a simple answer. I'll leave it there. That's a good, a good answer. answer. For me, it's that moment on set where everything clicks and you look around the room and it's like it's like there's this electrical current that's connecting everybody and something happens and everyone laughs and everyone's connected. And it's from, you know, the grip to the PA standing by the door to the actors to the camera department and there's just that moment where everyone's so connected shooting towards the same thing and I just I love that feeling of connection mm. and when you look around the room and you see that everyone's feeling it too it's like oh, that is like that's heroin. and it's rare too it's so amazing when it all clicks yes yeah boy that, that, I, I've struggled with that one over the years because it changes mm. I've lost it I found it I've lost it again mm. it's changed but the one the, those those 4 a.m night shoots where everyone becomes delusional <laughs> right yeah. see how everybody laughs everyone's laughing you mention it we all in, we all know and everyone's just so loopy yeah and you you just catch yourself in the moment of being surrounded by love and and, yeah. and creativity and magic and you're just so tired <laughs> and nobody really cares anymore but you're so delusional but you care at the same time that's when I'm happiest yeah yeah I wait for those moments for me, it's about connection, like what Amanda was talking about, when you feel it with your fellow actors, but also with the crew, when everybody has an invested interest in the project, and like everybody feels proud and invested with what the, the story you're trying to tell, and you can actually feel it. So there's not someone over there talking during your scene or eating a sandwich. Everybody's in it together, and they want the best outcome. That's yeah. when you feel it. Well, I purpose. wish. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you all give me incredible purpose. So thank you so much. When are for you happiest? When am I? We're flipping this on you on the 100th yeah, episode. Like, Honestly, but it's. Right now. Right now. Yeah, right now. And I'm not, I'm, I'm not, it's not the mimosas. No. It's not. If you could see Sabrina, she's got a big smile on her I'm, face and she's just glowing. She's yeah. glowing. She's yeah. glowing. This she's is glowing. my, this is absolutely my happy place. Like this is, yeah. you know. You're very I, shiny here. I am very, well, I also got like a gold fleck at college. No, right? it's oh, not that. Collagen. It's your energy. It's got gold in it. You know no. I love the collagen, but it's not the collagen. <laughs> no, this it's you. Is, this is my, like I, I think a lot about you know, who I was when I was eight years old. And I was, you know, this little fan, you know, and and just watching these shows and what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I didn't know that podcasting was ever gonna be a thing, you know, and or that that I could have this life, but this is, no, I'm happy, this is. And the best part is you created it. Yes. You did it. You did it. Well, with a lot of help. Everybody needs help, but you yeah. still created it. And to end the way we began, like kudos to you. A hundred episodes. Yeah. Hundred episodes. Supporting and researching and digging and bringing, elevating mm-hmm. this industry and this town. She does so many hours of research mm-hmm. too. I, I talk to her and she's watching series after series. It's yeah. a lot, so and you should be really proud. Thank so you. here's to you, here's our to friend, you. Our friend to the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's to another hundred more, and we look forward to the steak. And You'll all come back, right? Steak and lobster. Steak and lobster. Cheers. Two hundred. Cheers. Cheers. To you, Sabrina. Yes, Robia, thank you. Cheers. Thank you. All right. I have a lot of thank yous. Thank you to Nicole Oliver, Amanda Tapping, Michael Eckland, Sharon Taylor. Um, thank you to our listeners for joining me on this journey to a hundred episodes. Next stop, two hundred episodes. Like I can't see a situation where I'm going to stop doing this. Why should you? Exactly. Um, Please like and subscribe. Please leave us a review if you are so inclined to help us find even more listeners. You can find us at www.yvrscreenscene.com. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram at YVRScreenscene. And you can find information about our Ride or Die for BC Film charity t-shirt campaign in the episode footnotes. Until the end of August, every penny of profit from these limited edition shirts goes to the Greater Vancouver Food Bank. The YVR Screen Scene Podcast is hosted and executive produced by me, 
Sabrina Firminger. And it's edited by Simon Firminger. Special thanks to Mariana Firminger for recording our Patreon ad, and to Tyson Braddock and Paul Firminger for technical support, and to Dane Devillay for the original music, and to our Patreon supporters, and to UBCP Actra, Neverland T-Salon, Directors Guild of Canada, British Columbia Branch, and Liquid Amber Tattoo and Arts Collective for their sponsorship. YVR Screen Scene is a division of Fish Flight Entertainment. Join us next time for another deep dive into Vancouver's dynamic film and television scene. And cut! Yay! Yay. <laughs> Nicely done. That was Thank fun. You. Oh, yeah. says. That was a good one. That was good. You guys are great. Awesome. Hiring professional performers makes all the difference to the success of any recorded media project. Did you know that the Union of BC Performers, ACTRA, provides agreements for all budgets and types of productions, including commercials, TV series and movies, feature films, from big budget to Canadian indies and student films, animation series, video games, web series, and even streaming video on demand, like Netflix? For instance, our highly successful UBCP ACTRA Ultra Low Budget Agreement encourages and facilitates artistic collaboration between professional performers and independent producers who wish to produce very low budget or even no budget productions. No matter what your budget, we've got you covered and you too can benefit from UBCP ACTRA's award-winning world-class performers. So, if you need actors, voiceover artists, stunt coordinators, stunt performers, singers, dancers, puppeteers, stand-ins, background performers, ranging across any age or demographic, then just contact us at UBCP ACTRA. Make your project the very best that it can be. This message was read by a UBCP ACTRA member. Go to ubcp.com for more information.